I've never felt more strongly about not doing something in my life as I did about this. And that should have probably been it. A footnote at the end of a long and storied history for Patrick Stewart as Captain Jean-Luc Picard. A captain of the Enterprise and one of Starfleet's most decorated officers, there would have still been much of Picard's story left to be told. But the man who brought that character to life, the man who Gene Roddenberry didn't want, but would then go on to create one of the most iconic science fiction characters of all time, didn't want the story to continue. Of course, that isn't what fans want to hear, even from the respected Shakespearean actor. Fans want to know what's next, and for many, it's hard to understand why Stewart wouldn't want to continue the story of a character that made him a globally recognized superstar. If you ask Patrick Stewart today, he would say that he felt Picard's story had already been told. He felt that revisiting the character after 2002's Star Trek Nemesis movie might undermine everything they've done before. He was proud of the next generation and didn't want to ruin it by trying to continue the story. So what exactly happened to change his mind after he was dead set on never revisiting the character again? The truth will likely surprise you. And while no one but Patrick knows his deepest and darkest secrets about why he really stayed away from Picard, we think we figured it out. And you aren't going to want to miss this one. If you haven't subscribed to our channel, please do so now and click the notification bell to never miss a show. Also, stay tuned until the end of the video so you can see the new Picard-inspired graphic design from the amazing artists at MixTees.com. At the end of his Star Trek run, Stewart was starting to realize the character that put him on the world map was making it harder for him to get other roles. He had become the victim of typecasting, and this wasn't anything new for him, but it was something that worried him. During his early days with the Royal Shakespeare Company, he would continually get the first choice low comic roles, which meant he played a lot of fools and clowns. Now, that would probably surprise fans who've seen him portray royal characters. Whether it be Lear, Richard, or King Arthur, there is something about the man who went bald at 19 that is regal, from the quality of his voice to the movement of his body. Coincidentally, this is also the same qualities you might see in a starship captain, a king of his own domain, you might say. Stewart famously said, all my life I've been typecast. It's just the types keep changing. At 79 years old, we believe this lifetime of fighting the typecast was the key ingredient to making Picard successful. But let's get back to that in a moment. For many of us, the first time we remember seeing Patrick Stewart on the big screen was in the 1981 movie Excalibur, where of course he played a king. Others saw him as Gurney Halleck in 1984's Dune. But whether you've seen either or both, what is clear is that Stewart had command of the screen even back then. And after more than 20 years perfecting his craft with the Royal Shakespeare Company, it more than makes sense. But his typecast troubles had even followed him into film. David Lynch, who directed Dune, selected Stewart as Gurney Halleck after seeing him on stage performing as a long, gray-haired, cadaverous Henry IV. So when Stewart finally met the director in person, Lynch said, Who are you? It all worked out in the end, but Stewart reflects that the production was awkward as a result. Not being the right guy for the role would continue for Stewart. 
1986, Stewart found himself frequently visiting universities in the United States in order to radically change the way Shakespeare was being taught in America. Star Trek producer Bob Justman, who was in the process of casting for The Next Generation, happened to be attending one of Stewart's performances at UCLA. When it was over, Bob turned to his wife and said, I think we just found our new captain. Intrigued by the idea of being on American television and potentially being able to make a substantial amount of money, Stewart accepted a meeting with Star Trek creator Gene Roddenberry. But Roddenberry wasn't impressed. He was adamant Stewart was not what he had in mind. Of course, Roddenberry was initially looking for the heir apparent of Captain Kirk, and that man would have hair and wouldn't be an Englishman. That is, if you believe William Shatner's documentary, Chaos on the Bridge. Once again, Stewart wasn't the guy. Eventually, Roddenberry would change his mind, but that had to be in the back of Stewart's mind. Being forced to wear a toupee during initial auditions would only reinforce the idea that he could only play a certain type of character. Stewart would go on to say that while he and Roddenberry were not close, they had a respectful relationship. You were lucky to make it through the first season. That's what I was told. And before the show creator's death in 1991, he felt that Roddenberry had come around more or less. It's obvious to us now that no one else could have played Captain Picard better than Stewart, but it wouldn't be long before the man who didn't seem right for the captain's chair wouldn't be fit to play in anything else. When Stewart describes his time on Star Trek, he uses words like loved, thankful, and grateful but he has also lamented being typecast as Captain Picard. This was despite actively fighting against being labeled. Once the popularity of the next generation began to take off, Stewart pushed for roles that would take him as far away from science fiction and the captain's chair as possible. Please, whatever I do next, please let it have nothing to do with science fiction, with space travel, with wearing uniforms, with being called captain, he began performances of A Christmas Carol in 1998 and took quirky roles in films like Gunman, Robin Hood Men in Tights, and L.A. Story. But it didn't seem to matter. He tells the story of a distinguished director he wanted to work for. He finally got a meeting in hopes of earning a supporting role in his upcoming movie. And while the meeting went well, the director told him, Look, you're a terrific actor, and I would love to have you in my movie. But why would I want Jean-Luc Picard in my picture? The damage was done. Stewart didn't say who the director was or which movie he wanted to be in, but that moment would tell him one thing. Whatever I do, it can't be the captain of a starship. How about the captain of superhero mutants? But let's get back to that in a moment. Taking a look at Stewart's filmography, he might have been onto something. From the end of 1994, when the Next Generation TV series wraps, until he plays Professor Charles Xavier in the first X-Men movie in 2000, his movie performances outside of Star Trek are mostly forgettable. Of course, there is A Christmas Carol and the Moby Dick TV miniseries, but yet again, he is the captain of a ship in the latter. It must have been frustrating for the classically trained actor not to be able to break away from Picard outside of being the unmistakable voice of Seti in the animated movie The Prince of Egypt. Then came the offer to be a centerpiece in the highly anticipated X-Men movie franchise. 
This was right at the beginning of the superhero movie genre. Sure, there were a bunch of Superman and Batman movies in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, but X-Men was the franchise that would lay the foundation for what an ensemble superhero movie could be. And the worldwide record-breaking Avengers Marvel movies of today are standing on the shoulders of those first X-Men movies. Looking back, it seems like a no-brainer for Stewart to accept such an iconic role as the leader of the X-Men, but it wasn't. He explained that he was reluctant because having such a close identification with Picard was making it hard to get good roles, and playing Professor X could possibly make that worse. In the end, Stewart would end up reprising his role as Professor Charles Xavier in more movies than he played Jean-Luc Picard. But for an actor, shouldn't being universally identified as two iconic characters be more of a blessing than a curse? Despite having 155 acting credits, breathing life into two iconic characters that no one will ever forget, and being knighted by Queen Elizabeth in 2010, Patrick Stewart is still convinced he needs to break his mold. Perhaps there is something he still wants that is out of his reach. Besides the X-Men movies, it's been his voice doing the bulk of his acting. And while there were many notable and entertaining performances on shows like Family Guy, American Dad, and Robot Chicken, there are no notable movies that he played a key role in. And this is despite spending the past 18 years regularly turning down roles as captains of starships and leaders of extraterrestrials. So what made him change his mind about Picard? In the end, it was the final X-Men movie, Logan. James Mangold's Logan is considered one of the best takes on comic book material ever. It was so good, he received an Oscar nomination for Best Adapted Screenplay, during a time when comic book movies and Oscars would never be uttered in the same breath. It would be his role in this movie and its success that would make Stewart think Picard could be done. But if you didn't think typecasting was still on Stewart's mind, think again. In 2017, the then 76-year-old legend said he had concerns about playing a sick and aged Professor X because he didn't want to get, you guessed it, typecast as an old man. Dear Patrick, we love you, but you, sir, are an old man. In the end, he put fear aside and just went for it. And the effort paid off. Both he and Hugh Jackman were praised for amazing performances. Stewart playing Professor Xavier as a weak, troubled, and dying man was his chance to play the character in a different way than ever before. Here was Stewart yet again breaking his typecasting as the strong, capable leader and on top of that stretching his acting chops while testing the boundaries of what you can believe about the character. This is not something he's had the opportunity to do very often on the big screen. And the success of breaking down this iconic character to his nuts and bolts, ultimately showing us a man who has changed dramatically and fundamentally with time and circumstance, would eventually lead Stewart to believe he could do the same thing with Jean-Luc Picard. But he wouldn't come to that realization until he met it face to face. Thank you, but no, I am not interested was Stewart's polite reply turning down Alex Kurtzman, Michael Chabon, and Akiva Goldsmith in 2017 when they first approached him about doing Picard as a series. He'd been pursued by Star Trek producers in the past, but he had a lot of respect for these men, and he wanted to meet them and decline their offer face to face. But then, 
he was intrigued by what they had to say. There was something familiar in their ideas for a Picard return. They didn't want a continuation of the next generation either. They wanted to show that things had changed. Picard was different. It was at this moment Stuart thought of Logan and realized what Picard could be. He asked Kurtzman to put his ideas in writing. 48 hours later, Kurtzman sent over a 35-page packet outlining their vision for a Picard series. It was good enough to convince Stewart to come back to Star Trek one last time. Stewart's deep-seated need to fight typecasting would keep Picard away from fans for almost 20 years. And in the end, that desire would also pave the way for Picard to return once again. Are you surprised Picard is back? Do you wish this show was a continuation of The Next Generation, or are you excited to see a different version of Picard? Let's talk about it in the comments below. And also, check out this graphic design at MixedTees.com, as well as their other Star Trek-inspired designs. Get 20% off your purchase by using coupon code THEPOPCAST. The link is in the description below. Don't want this video to end? Visit us at the Popcast Live YouTube channel to learn all of the behind the scenes on this video and others. Until next time. Shut up, Wesley. I don't think this is my style. Shut up, kid. May I point out that... Shut up, Wesley. Everybody needs somebody. Enough!